want you to please go with me to the book of Luke in chapter 4. The gospel of Luke in chapter 4. Let's look in Luke then. Luke chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 14. If you have found it, say amen. If you haven't found it, say wait for me. Okay, Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. Praise God. It's still flowing in the back. <laughs> you alone are worthy. Luke chapter 4 verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he hath been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Can someone say amen? Father, I ask that your word will come alive this day, even as we look at the classic message of revival, the subject of the anointing. This is a classic message of revival that's radically changed my life, and I believe it's going to change the lives of people here today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said amen. amen. This is a message that impacted my life. A dear brother and friend that came said he's been coming here for the last 20 years. And I believe... This is a message that has been preached here since the inception of this church. I heard about the anointing so many times from Pastor Corey. I heard about the anointing so many times from Dr. Rodney, even as a Bible school student. But one of the things I've come to realize is that it's never got old because of my disposition to it. I want to hear about the anointing. I want to flow in the anointing. I love the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I have the right disposition to this and that is why it never gets old. Some people hear about the anointing and they say we've heard it before. Why is he preaching about the anointing again? The reason why I'm preaching about the anointing again is because of your attitude. Because if you think you've heard it, you haven't heard it. If you think you know it, you don't know it. If you think you have it, you don't have it. Is it not intentional of Jesus to find this place in the book of Isaiah? Notice where we read tells us that he found the place where it was written. To find it means that he was looking for this place on purpose. 
Jesus did not bump into this verse. Jesus found this place. You find something when you're looking for it. The book of Isaiah was handed to him and he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And one of the things I've emphasized when it comes to the anointing is that you are anointed for a reason. You are anointed for a reason. And if you've got no reason, you've got no anointing. There is always a reason why God anoints you. As we can see with Jesus, to preach the gospel to the poor. To set the captives free. To preach deliverance to those that are bound. Recovery of sight to the blind. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. The year when the favor of God profusely abound. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus had the anointing for a reason. And Jesus used the anointing to accomplish the reason why he came. For the Bible says, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For this purpose was God, uh, God's son manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Can someone shout amen? amen. So Jesus had the anointing for a reason. Therefore, the anointing will come upon us for a reason. The anointing does not come on us just for us to roll on the floor in the church and laugh and, and have a great time. Because a lot of people have limited the anointing to that. No, when you have rolled on the floor in the church because of the anointing of God that is poured out upon you. When you leave a church on Sunday morning, on Monday, you need to apply that anointing in your business. You need to apply that anointing in your school. You need to apply that anointing in your relationships with people. Come on now, say amen. amen. You need to apply that anointing when you meet somebody who is demon-possessed. You need to apply that anointing to cast the demon out of that person. Come on, say amen. The anointing comes on you for a reason. That one said for a reason. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the anointing is the power of God. Come on now. No anointing, no power. And that is the reason why many Christians are running from the devil. Because they don't have the anointing. That is the reason why many Christians are oppressed. Because they don't have the anointing. Come on now, say amen. amen. Some people had the anointing 20 years ago, but it fizzled out. That is why the Bible talks about we must always be anointed. Come on now, say amen. You must always stay under the anointing on a daily basis. You must be anointed. The psalmist says, I'll be anointed with fresh oil. He anoints my head with oil and my cup run it over. 
In Ephesians 5, it says, Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Come on, say amen. amen. We must stay anointed daily. Pastor Godwell, I was anointed last month. Did you take your bath last month? Did you take your bath this morning? Can't say I was anointed last month. I'm no, no, no. No, you took your bath last month. You have to take your bath this morning. <laughs> Daily. Especially now in the summer. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Come on now, say amen. amen. Tell, turn to two people, tell them Daily. And this is the way I describe the anointing because, listen, the word auto anoint means to smear. To anoint means to rub upon. And for us Africans, we understand what it means to smear lotion all over our bodies when we come out of the bathroom. Because we must keep our skin moist. Is that correct? Yes. We've got to do that. Every day. I look at some people. My God. You have not anointed yourself today. <laughs> I look at some people. I'm sorry if I'm being gross here. But I look at some people. Especially in the summer now. People put on slippers and open toed sandals. And I look at their feet. And I can tell, your feet has not been anointed. <laughs> because I see flakes everywhere. I see... You know what I'm talking about, right? Your feet was not anointed this morning. There are, there are flakes all over the place. You now know what I'm talking about. So you cannot say, I anointed my feet last month. I'm not going to anoint my feet today. No, you've got to always anoint your feet on a daily basis. Why? Because you don't want to look flaky. A lot of people are flakes. Spiritual flakes. Have you seen some flakes? I've seen many. They come here sometimes. Spiritual flakes. You know what a flake is? You know what flakes are? Snowflakes. Cornflakes. <laughs> so if you don't stay anointed, you become a flake. Fake. You look like the real, you're not. So the, to, to anoint is to smear, it's to rub upon. And so now with the concept of anointing yourself with lotion on a daily basis, you now understand what it means for God to anoint you. So when in Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus, we can now say how God smeared on Jesus. How God rubbed upon Jesus. The Holy Ghost 
and power. Because the moment Jesus was anointed, power began to operate. The moment he was anointed, became the Christ. He was Jesus from the age he was born to the age of 29. But at the age of 30, he became Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed. The word Christ is Christus. Means the one that's anointed. One that carries the anointing of the presence of God. So he became Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ when he was anointed in the Jordan River. Come on now say amen. So we can actually look at you and we can call you John the Anointed. James the Anointed. Mary the Anointed. Genevieve the Anointed. Come on, say amen. amen. Alex the Anointed. Because when he anoints you, it means the same ability that came upon Christ, the same empowerment that came upon Christ is now upon you. Come on now, say amen. amen. Do you see why we need the anointing daily? Because Jesus needed the anointing daily, we need the anointing daily. If Jesus needed the anointing, who do you think you are not to need the anointing? Some people think that they can succeed or they can do well in ministry and in life without the anointing. No, you can't. Because if you don't have the anointing, you'll be working in your own human strength. And can I tell you something about human strength? It's limited. But the anointing is unlimited. Come on now, say amen. The anointing is unlimited. That's the reason why everywhere Jesus went. Because of the anointing on him. He was able to do what shocked everybody. At one time they said, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Can I tell you something? Jesus did not operate on earth as divinity. He operated on earth as humanity anointed. Yes, when he was here, he was 100% divinity and 100% humanity. But he operated here on earth as human that was anointed. Are you listening to me? He operated here as a man that was anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. So if Jesus needed the anointing, so do we. Whatever God calls you to do, he gives you the spiritual equipment that is the anointing necessary to get it done. God will never send you on an errand without giving you what you need to accomplish what he's told you to do. Come on now, say amen. amen. When God says go, he provides. And the anointing is the spiritual provision. Say it with me, the anointing is the spiritual provision to get the job done. Say it again, the anointing is the spiritual provision to get the job done. God is giving you an anointing to do what he has called you to do. Just like in the natural, you have a plumber. You have a mechanic. You have a, just name, you have a carpenter. These guys have their tools to get their job done. 
a plumber must come with his tools. A carpenter must have his tools. Nails and chisel and, and the rest of them. Is that correct? Yes. A mechanic must have tools. If you don't have tools, it means you don't know what you are doing. When God sends you to do something, God gives you the spiritual tool. That is the anointing to get the job done. Come on now, say amen. amen. In Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, the word of God says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. When God sends you to do something, it can never be done in your human strength. Because in actual fact, God will always tell you to do what is bigger than you. <laughs> Pastor God will, it's too big. Yeah, because it came from God. And that's why God will give you the anointing because the anointing, it's the game changer. Everyone say the anointing is a game changer. <laughs> listen, listen. Th th these things cannot be done with our human strength and ability and intellect. But unfortunately, so many ministries are built on the intellect of man. Do you know that you can actually build a big church with just human charisma? And, and I'm not against charisma. Charisma is good. God gives everyone charisma. We, are all, we, we have charisma. Is that correct? But you've got to understand that's just human charisma. And people build ministries and build big stuff with charisma. Charisma cannot deal with devils. Your swag can deal with devils. How well you speak and how well you comport yourself cannot deal with devils. Sometimes we just don't have to comport ourselves. We just spit and scream all over the place and cast the devil out. Because when you start dealing with devils, you don't care how you look. Well, let me put on my charisma. Who cares about your charisma? <laughs> when someone is at the point of death, you don't need your charisma. You need the power of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. But yes, many have built a lot of big things. Even ministries have been built on just charisma. The man walks in. Charismatic. Everybody follows because of his charismatic person. Charisma can't do anything when it comes to spiritual stuff. Are you listening to me? You need the power. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Ha <laughs> ha. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The preaching of the gospel is to them that perish foolishness. But to us, it is the power of God. The anointing is what cuts through into the hearts of men and women. The anointing is what breaks people down in the middle of your message and begin to weep. I was at someone's graduation two weeks ago, not up to two weeks ago, but about two weeks ago, and then I met with these ladies and, uh, at the graduation, and I told them, I said, have you heard about the AAC? And I invited them to the AAC. 
And you saw the lady on Tuesday when I was ministering at the All-African Conference. The lady who was majorly touched. I called her up and I began to ask her what was happening to her. Tears running down her face. How could that happen to a sophisticated, intelligent young lady? How could it happen? Only by the anointing. Because the anointing is that, is that invisible hand of God. That goes into the heart of people. Where your own natural physical hand can't go. The, the anointing is the word of God. That goes into them where your own words can go. But while you preach and teach and minister under that anointing. God will go deep into their hearts. And touch things that no man knows. The anointing is that thing that cuts through the veil of the flesh and cuts through the veil of the soul and touches the real place in the person's heart. And that's when you begin to see people break down before God and people begin to repent. And they say, I've never had this happen to me before. What is going on in my life? I can tell you that moment, that person's life will never ever be the same again. It is like God coming from heaven and putting his stamp upon your life. It's like God bringing his fire brand and shh. And I tell you, when God brands you, you are branded. God brands you. God brands you. The last day, the last day of the conference, you saw Dr. Dr. Safa ministering. And the power of God was so present in that place. And after the conference was over, people were beginning to break down equipment and all of that. There was a young lady who was sitting there. She, my wife went to her. My wife said, is everything okay? She said, I, I'm not able to recover. She said, I, I, it's hard for me to recover. I'm trying to re recover from what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Because the presence of God, the anointing of God, will touch us where no man can touch us. Praise God. So the anointing, excuse me, as we see here in Zechariah 4.6, it is not by power, it is not by might, but by my spirit. Can someone say amen? Amen. It's by my spirit. So number one, the anointing is the spiritual equipment or empowerment needed to do what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do, listen to me, cannot be done in human strength alone. You need the anointing of God. You need the spiritual equipment to do the job. Now let me help some of you who are not calling to the fivefold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Because a lot of times when we talk about the anointing, we, we feel for the most part to talk about the anointing with regards to other aspects of life. The anointing has just been looked upon from the standpoint of ministry. Well, when you minister, this presence shows up. When you preach, this power falls. When you lay hands on people, something is transferred to them. But listen to me. Each person here can be anointed. Each person here can operate in the anointing in your area. You don't have to, ooh, shakayaba, ooh, kalaba, I feel the anointing. It does not have to be so. Here in church, that happens. Because when you come under the anointing, yes, it's going to shake you. 
and you're going to lose control. But when you go out there to your office, you go out there to your company and your business, you go out there to the marketplace or to school, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Maybe if you're the owner of your office, you can lock yourself in your office and feel the anointing. But when you come out of your office, you're going to transact a deal. And that anointing will operate through you in the transaction. We need to know how to apply the anointing outside church. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Because this anointing will bring wisdom. This anointing will enhance your ability. This This anointing will give you speed. Come on now, say amen. This anointing, will, this anointing will enable you when you speak. When you're speaking to your clients, the anointing will grab your tongue and you say the right things. If you're a writer of books, this anointing will grab your hand and the pen will begin to pen down the mind of God. Come on now, come on now, my preaching here. This anointing will enable you as a school teacher. You're standing before your kids and you're teaching your children in school. This anointing will enable you to relate to your kids well. And guess what? There is something upon you that's going to be flowing in your class. They don't know what it is, but it is the anointing and the presence of God. And that will open up your children. Even though they don't know it, it will open up their ability to understand, their capacity to understand. Because you carry something supernatural upon your life. And you discover at the end of the school year, your students are the best. We we should not just limit the anointing to church and pulpit. Did you feel that? Did you feel that presence? We must apply the anointing on a daily basis in our lives. Some people are stay-at-home moms. All that you will do for the rest of your life, and if that's what you and your husband has agreed, is for you to stay home and raise up your children. And if that's what God wants you to do, and you have agreed with your husband, and that's what you're going to do, by the anointing of the Spirit, you will raise up godly kids. Because you see, the anointing must not be limited to goosebumps. Oh, I feel something. No, listen, the anointing must not be limited to that. The anointing goes beyond goosebumps and goose, goose pimples. Praise God. The anointing will enable you to be a wise wife, to build up. The Bible says a wise woman builded up her own house, but a foolish one tears it down. Praise God. Is anybody getting anything? Number two. The anointing is burning, removing, and yoke destroying. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. I want to say the anointing oil. I'm going to have two guys, please. I want to illustrate this. Can I have two guys? 
Two guys, please. Stand, face the crowd, face the church, please. Come closer side by side. Come closer side by side. Good. Can I have the piece of, the piece of cloth, the one we cover people with, please? I wish I had the rope. <laughs> Is there a rope? I don't have a rope. I wish I had a rope. I would have tied them. But here is the thing. Belt, no belt wouldn't work. Some people might think I want to hang them. <laughs> Can you put that around your neck? Can you put this around your neck? You do it yourself. See, I'm not the one tying them, okay? <laughs> okay. Side by side. Stand side by side. Shoulder to shoulder. Good. Now, notice what Isaiah says. It says, the, and it says the yoke shall be destroyed, not broken, destroyed because of the anointing oil. Right? Okay. The anointing is yoke destroying and burden removing. So when we come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, whatever the enemy has bound you with will be destroyed. Did you get that? Now, I want you to imagine this man as the believer and this man. Okay, let's, let's go back. <laughs> let, let, me, let me explain something here. You remember the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. What has light got to do with what? Darkness. What has Christ got to do with who? Belial or Satan. Is that right? So... Unequal yoking means that you are not supposed to be entangled to this person. Now, the yoke around their necks would keep both of them walking the same path. Back in the day, they would do this to oxen. They would put a yoke around the oxen. You can go Google this. You will see that there is a yoke around this oxen. And there is a yoke around the neck of this oxen. It is done for a reason. So that they both ply the same route. This oxen can't go right. That oxen can go left. They must both go the same road. Do you get that? It's done for a reason. Because if you don't put the yoke around their neck, they'll do whatever they want. But with the yoke around their neck, they can't just do what they want. They must both go the same road. When the Bible talks about the yoke shall be destroyed from off your neck, by reason of the anointing, the Bible is saying that sickness that is yoked around your neck, that keeps you sick all the time, even though you don't want to be sick, but you can't help yourself but being sick, because there is a yoke around your neck that keeps you sick all the time, it says that yoke will be destroyed. The yoke of poverty that's around your neck, even though you want to be rich, but you can't be rich, even though you want to do well, but you can't, but there's a yoke of poverty around your neck. With all that you've done, you just don't see prosperity. That yoke will be destroyed. The yoke of the enemy that's around your neck, whatever that yoke is, the Bible says the only thing that destroys that yoke from off your neck is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Do you see why we need the anointing? 
The anointing is so vital for the deliverance of people. If you notice, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 where we read that Jesus was anointed to preach deliverance to the captives. See now. So when he walked into the synagogues and he saw those that were captives, he would preach deliverance and the yoke would be removed. That's what the Bible says, whom the Son therefore shall set free, shall be free. How? Because the anointing does not break the yoke, the anointing destroys the yoke. When the yoke is broken, somebody can put it back. But when the yoke is destroyed, nobody can put it back. This is yoke destroying, burning, removing, anointing. That is why it is vital that we go to the right church. We can't go to a place because we want to please somebody. We can't go to a place because we want to please the pastor. We want to, no, no, no. We can't go to a place because of religious mentality. We've got to go to a place where the anointing resides. Now look at this. Just in your own mind, think about one of them as the enemy and the other as the believer. Or as the other as... I don't want to name them. So, so, so I don't apologize later. So one of, one of these guys is the enemy. The, whether it's poverty, whether it is sickness, whether it is depression, whether it is... Uh, Whatever, the, just think about all that the devil does, one of them is. And as this believer, whoever the believer is, is entangled to that thing because of the yoke around their neck, even though the believer or the person wants to be free, he can never be free. They're tied up. The only way this man can be set free is when the yoke is destroyed. Because until the yoke is destroyed, you must always go the path that is set for you. Are you listening now? You know some people, there, are, there, are, there is a path set before you and you're not able to break away from it because the anointing hasn't come upon you. When the anointing comes upon you, that thing will be broken. Notice, notice what it says. It says the yoke shall be destroyed by the raising of the anointing oil. The anointing what? Oil. One of the symbols of the anointing in the Bible is oil. And you know what oil does? When you put oil in something that is squeaky, it makes it smooth and slick. Is that correct? When, have you put ring in your finger and then you try, you try to take it off and you couldn't come out? Just put oil on it. It'll come out. Come on now, somebody getting something. Because when the anointing comes, life becomes easy. When the anointing comes, things work. When the anointing comes, freedom comes. When the anointing comes, deliverance comes. Everything that had you bound must have to fall off. Must have to leave your life because of the anointing oil. So as you sit in a service like this, the anointing is being poured. And as the anointing is being poured, it comes on your neck. And this thing that's been holding you in captivity just suddenly begins to loosen. It begins to loosen. It begins to loosen. It begins to loosen. And before you know it, that is total deliverance comes. And now, and now, oh, okay. is that the believer? <laughs> so now, now, no, stand here. Stand over here. Now, the believer can now display freedom. 
Because if you notice, wherever Jesus went, wherever the apostles went, men were leaping and praising God. There was freedom, there was deliverance, there was liberty. That is why I have said over and again, you will not find one Christian in the book of Acts who was bound. You will not find one Christian in the book of Acts who was going from deliverance service to deliverance service. Because the day the anointing came upon them, God set them totally free. And when God set them totally free, they understood. I was once bound, now I am free. I was blind, now I can see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was broke, but now I'm blessed. Because the anointing will destroy the yoke of the devil off of your life. And I'm here to tell you, this anointing is here to set the captives free, to lift the burden of the devil off your shoulders. If you believe it, give the Lord a bigger shout of hallelujah. Now look at the believer. Look at him. Look at him. Walking and leaping. And praising God. <laughs> Walking and leaping and praising God. Freedom is good. Freedom is sweet. Let nobody tell you bondage is good. Let nobody tell you God wants you bound. God wants you broke. God wants you sick. Because if you're sick, it brings God glory. No sickness brings God glory. Cancer does not bring God glory. Sugar diabetes does not bring God glory. High blood pressure does not bring God glory. Don't tell me it is good to be poor because poor people are angry people. God wants you blessed. God wants you excelling. Don't tell me it is good to... Come on now. Come on now. Everything the enemy has over your life as the anointing comes, God will set you totally free and you'll never be the same again. There are people, they sit in church, but they are not able to sleep well at night. I'm here to declare over you from today, that thing breaks off of your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Freedom. 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 By reason of the anointing. Praise God. Man is free. Now the man is blessed. Now he can breathe. Remember what Peter said in Acts chapter 2? When they asked him on the day of Pentecost, what should we do? He said, repent and be converted. That your sin may be blotted out. Notice the next thing he said. He said, and the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of God. The time of refreshing. Some are being in the heat of life. Some are being in the storm of life. But I tell you, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the time of refreshing comes. He said that a time of refreshing. Some of you need refreshing. The Holy Ghost will refresh you. The anointing will refresh you. Come on now, shout hallelujah. God wants to refresh you, set you free, and just put joy in your heart and just put laughter in your mouth and just put a smile on your face my God some of you have not smiled in a very long time some of you have not laughed in a very long time I can see some of your faces this afternoon you look like you're sucking on lemon but I'm here to tell you that Jesus is still on the throne the Lord is on your side favor is on your side victory is on your side the glory of God is on your side come on now say hallelujah God is with you and if God is with you no power of darkness can be against you. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon you from today and break everything the enemy has over your life and you'll never ever be the same again. Praise God. Many, 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 many years ago somebody came and said to me, Pastor Godwell, there is a Congolese guy 
every year something terrible happened at a particular time of the year and that particular year he just lost his dad and the guy was devastated so this young man comes to call me from the church and said please let's go can you come pray for him i said yes i'll go and so i get to his place in tbs talabashi that's the abbreviation for talabashi so i get to tbs and we get into this house you have to it's a basement so you have to be be careful so that your head does not. So you go in like this. And I get into this young man's house. And he was there. He was a Muslim young man. And he was from the Democratic Republic of Congo. And I was told, this is the guy, that something bad at every particular season of the year. Something terrible happens to him. And so I said, okay, I'll lead him to the Lord. He gave his life to Christ. I prayed over him. And he came to church. And he came to church. And the next year came. Nothing bad happened. The following year came, nothing bad happened. The third year came, nothing bad happened. The fifth year came, nothing bad happened. As I talked to you, this young man was in this church and God began to bless him and increase him on every side. Before he left, he lives in Canada today. He, he was the biggest, one of the biggest givers in the, Congress, in the French congregation. Come on now, say amen. What I'm here, what I'm telling you is this. I don't know what the devil has over your life, what the devil has over your neck, but by by raising of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I don't have time to pray for everybody, but I declare that that thing the enemy has over your neck in the name of Jesus, by raising of the anointing, I speak a destruction over it in the name of Jesus. I set you free. I break that thing by the raising of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you have experienced negativity all your life, from today, in the name that's above every other name, you begin to experience positivity. You begin to experience the grace of God. God. You begin to experience the goodness of God. You begin to experience the power of God. Be free and stay free the rest of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can everyone stand on your feet? Stand on your feet and give God a big shout of hallelujah. Give God a big, give God a, come on now, celebrate your victory. Celebrate the victory. Don't forget the song we, 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 we were singing, Victory Belongs to Jesus. And I told you, because Jesus got the victory, we have the victory. We are not bound. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Is that the best praise the Lord that you can? Give him praise. 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 Come on, lift your voice.